The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. just a couple of quick notes um we were having some audio issues with this episode so apologies for some of the bad audio also we do talk a lot about some toxic tropes in soaps including forgiving your and marrying your rapist or another rapist so trigger warning for sexual assault and for talking about that so just wanted to make sure everybody knew that before they listen to this thank you enjoy the show Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, and our first episode of 2021. We made it. We got through 2020, and let's just hope this year is better. Um, And this week, we are going to be talking about daytime soaps. So like I mentioned, this whole month, we're going to get soapy. So we're going to be starting off with daytime soaps, switching to telenovelas, K-dramas, and then nighttime soaps. So it should be a ton of fun. And um, I have Megan with me today, not Meg, but Megan, um, to discuss this. So it should be a good conversation. Before we get to that, just a couple of housekeeping notes. Remember, we are accepting listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. If you'd like to support the show, help us get better equipment, um, and also at the same time, support one Black Lives Matter organization per month, please click the show link in our show notes. I mean, the support link in our show notes, excuse me, or go to our anchor page and click listener support. And also, I'm hoping once this episode comes out that we will have launched our Redbubble store. So we'll have merchandise, shirts, water bottles, even pillows with our brand new logo, which we will have debuted by that time. And 50% of what we see from that will also be going to one Black Lives Matter organization per month. Okay, so let's get let's get into soaps. But before we do that, I'm just going to have Megan introduce herself and tell me one thing in pop culture that you're excited about right now. Hi there, I'm Megan. Uh, I'm right now in pop culture. I think I'm super excited for WandaVision. Uh, it's coming out soon. I'm very excited for it. Some of my favorite characters were in it, so I'm very excited to see where that goes. But I've also been watching Hilda. It's an animated show on Netflix. And it's very wholesome, and I think during this transition now from 2020 to 2021, I have definitely been craving some wholesome content, so that's been my go-to. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. And I'm and like I mentioned on our best of 2020 thing, I don't have Disney Plus right now, but I know there's a lot of amazing co- content that's coming out there, so I probably will have to get it <laughs> in the new oh. year. <laughs> yeah, add it to a my lot list. Coming out. <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. Star Wars community, it just blew everyone's mind on what they're doing for Star Wars finally. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I heard that. So yeah, I'll probably have to get it this year and just add it to my long list of streaming services. Um, and this is Aaron. And what I'm into is because of Wonder Woman, I decided I wanted to watch some Chris Pine content that I hadn't watched before because, in my opinion, Chris Pine is, next to Chris Messina, the best Chris out there. Um, so I think he <laughs> outranks a lot of the others. So I watched the TBS or the TNT series, excuse me, I Am the Night, which I hadn't watched before. And I binged it in just a couple of days. And if you don't know what that is, it's kind of centered around the Black Dahlia um, murder. And Chris Pine plays a reporter investigating this doctor that was a real person. Um, and he meets this doctor's, um, grandchild that was given up for adoption and she's 16 and it's just, it's just really interesting. Um, it's kind of dark and twisted. So, you know, if you're not into that, don't watch it. Um, but, but, and I thought he was really good in it. So yeah, so that was, that was an interesting little watch. Okay. So let's get into soaps. And before we dive into a lot of the tropes and a lot of the, the envelopes they push, I just want to first just start out and just ask you, Megan, what are your favorite soaps or the ones that you watched? Um, so I actually spent a lot more time watching telenovelas than I did soaps, but there were two that always stood out to me. And they are uh, All My Children and Days of Our Lives, uh, both very heavily influenced by Agnes Nixon and as well as some other grand writers out there. And I just, I really enjoyed them mostly because of diversity that they were able to do, especially in the recent years for Days of Our Lives. Um, it was very much uh, one kind of brand thing for a while, but in the recent years with Days of Our Lives, I definitely feel like even though the plot has changed significantly, like the diversity in characters has really uh uh, you know, uh, explored a lot of these American values that affect us today. And I think it's super important that we do that. Um, that's something I've always enjoyed about soap. So what about you, Erin? Well, I have four um, and two of them are Days and All My Children. And I would say Days is my all-time favorite. Um, but the very first soap I watched was General Hospital. And I watched that with my babysitter. My babysitter is the one that got oh. me into soaps. <laughs> So I probably would not have even watched him if it hadn't been for my babysitter. I have a feeling. And then I did watch One Life to Live as well. So, and there was a time when I was watching all four at the same time I would record them. So yeah, I was kind of a soap addict. But Days is definitely my favorite and I've returned to it over the years. Um, actually, not too long ago, as I mentioned on here, once I went back to watching it, I stopped again. Um, and the amazing thing about soaps is you can leave them for years <laughs> and come back. And it literally, even though there may be a whole new cast of characters, although there's usually at least a few that have survived, like, of course, with Days, there's Marlena and John and Hope and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but you can come back and it only takes maybe a week to be like, okay, now I know everything that's going on. <laughs> It is so easy to catch up. I love it. <laughs> yeah, which I think is part of their brand is it makes it easy to grab new users, new viewers, excuse me. And it also is a way for people if they leave to come back and catch up and, you know, because of course also some storylines move extremely slow. 
<laughs> in soaps. Yes. I mean, <laughs> they invent the slow burn, really. I mean, you know, when you think about it. So yeah, those those are those are some of my my favorites, but I would definitely say Days is top, top, top for me. Um, and as you mentioned, you mentioned Agnes Nixon, and I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about Agnes Nixon because she's kind of, I can, I think she's probably considered like the queen of soaps, really. I mean, everybody kind of knows her and what will mainly just be since, since we both watched all my children in days, we'll mainly focus primarily on those two, um, may bring up a couple of things with, um, one life to live and general hospital when we get into some of the toxic tropes. And so yes. <laughs> there's a couple of relationships I want to talk about there, but um, <laughs> yeah, some pretty bad things. Um, but, and, and they happen in all the soaps, but let's talk a little bit about Agnes Nixon. And of course she helped create um, all my children. So, and I know Megan, I just want to say did a lot of research for this episode, which is just awesome <laughs> research. And so what did you discover that, Maybe you didn't know about Agnes Nixon, or what do you want to say about Agnes Nixon? I will say I feel like Agnes Nixon was the only one willing to look at a daytime soap and be like, okay, it's nice that, you know, we're getting women out here watching this, but let's make it more relatable to them. Let's make it so it's easier for them to have access to this content. Uh, she's always put women as her centerfold of this is the audience I need to appease. This is the audience that I need to ensure is watching this because this is mainly who it's for. So I need to make it relatable to them. She'd often receive like letters even from fans on things that they wish they could see and stuff. So she'd incorporate that in her writing. And it just amazes me how she has been able to take on such big social issues uh, such as uh, being transgender or even sexual identity, just so many different things. And her big thing was, you know, in a lot of like the other ones she worked on, like A Guiding Light, One Life to Live, uh, it, her big thing was like they didn't push the envelope enough to talk about things that were taboo and such. And she thought she had power within her own soap here, uh, All My Children, to really captivate that energy of okay let's let's discuss things that are going on right now like the, the Vietnam War and stuff and I always thought it was very interesting how she handled that um, I actually rewatched a couple of episodes that were from then that were prominent and it's amazing how she was able to write these things daily I don't know if I would have that same energy as a writer and I've I've always been an admirable of soap writers but her especially she just she took it to a whole other level mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and especially for a woman to in in an industry that still to this day it is hard for women to have much of a say and much control and um to have as much as as she did and to have as much influence as she did and um even if it was a soap that she may not have been involved in I think you can see her influence in every single soap that has been around since the beginning of soaps. Um and that's that's pretty amazing. And yes, a lot of people think of soaps as just something that appeals to women. Although I've known men that love soaps too. Um, Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just women. Um, actually, one of my <laughs> little side here, but by one of my sister's ex boyfriends, he loved Days of Our Lives, 
And he was, um, Bo was like his idol. Oh, um, gosh. Yes. And so he used to discuss, <laughs> he used to discuss days with me all the time. It was so funny. But anyway, I just want to throw that out there because I think people often think it's just women who watch soaps and it's definitely not. So I think I think if soaps had been and there are male showrunners, of course, I'm like Ken Corday and stuff. But I think if soaps had only been run by men, I don't know if they would have tackled subjects such as abortion and um, other uh, and other things like that. I don't know if that would have happened, to be honest. Um, and also speaking of the writing, since you s- talked about the writing you know, it's got to be so hard to write a soap opera because you're writing for every day practically. This is not a show that goes on hiatus like other shows. These are not shows that like, you know, uh, take a couple of episodes off or take a week off or aren't back, you know, until after the holidays kind of thing. These are shows that you know, you're going to have for the most part unless they're preempted for something which happens you're going to have an episode every day of the week except for Saturday and Sunday. So that's a lot for writers to do. And yes, the storylines are crazy. And yes, sometimes the dialogue is awful and cheesy and bizarre. But you've got to give them a lot of credit because, I mean, that's a lot to ask of writers to do that and to constantly keep those creative juices flowing and to try and not make the character so dull or old or boring especially if they're going to be on there for decades so I just want to give props to the writers because I don't know as a writer I can't imagine writing on a soap so (laughs) I just think it just takes a lot I think I think I can't imagine just I would love to be a fly on the writer's room sometime of some soap of the ones that are left of course because as we know most of them are gone um yeah sadly but well, let's let's dive into all my children then, um, and we'll talk about this with Days of Our Lives too. But I, but with all my children, um, as you mentioned, um, Agnes Nixon started bringing up a lot, bringing a lot more social issues um, to the forefront. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Like, of course, the show uh, famously had the first abortion that was on TV. Um, this was before Maud, because Maud did have an abortion as well. Um, mm-hmm. But on this one, um, they had um, Erica Kane having the first legal uh, abortion um, in 1971, which was two years before Maud addressed it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. So what did you discover in your research? And also, what are your thoughts on how All My Children has tackled social issues through the years? I actually went back to watch that because obviously that happened before I was born. So I wasn't familiar with the episode, but I decided to go back and watch it just because I've I've always enjoyed Erica Kane as a character. I found her very complex and uh, multidimensional in a lot of ways. So when that happened, like even just for that time period, I, I thought it really helped develop her character and who she was going to be later on. And it's just, for me, it felt like a, a powerful moment because especially now with everything going on in our current uh, political climate, like these are scary things that we could lose this right uh, over time, especially with our change in judicial system and stuff. And 
uh, it was just empowering as a woman to see this woman go and do it legally and in a safe way. And it felt like I could do this too. And I think that's what soaps are meant to do. Like even if the acting's bad and everything, uh, which I completely agree, but they do this every day too. So I can imagine it gets exhausting. I think it helps it become more relatable to everyday people like us uh, to see like, oh, this can be normal. Like this can be a new normal if we encourage it to happen. Or if we look and be like, oh, well, maybe that's not such a good normal if it's something that's problematic. I think my biggest thing has always been with the Erica King getting the abortion was um, it encouraged a lot of women to start talking about it. And I think that's so important. And even when that was happening to her, like when I watched it recently, you could see there is like fear, like there was definitely a fear with it. But she just kind of got that bravery, that same American ideals we have and really encompassed it. So I just wish that um, we can continue to see this um, in the soap world, even though it is uh, kind of coming to an end. Not fully, but like I think Days of Our Lives is going to be ending um, within this year or the upcoming year. I don't remember quite when. But they were talking about whether or not to kind of put a close to it finally. And it almost made me want to jump on the general hospital train. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I watched a little bit of it. And I'm like, I don't want to let it go. <laughs> it's just, it's been such a staple in my life. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's, it's nice to see someone else doing something that would be considered taboo or like something you would be ashamed of and heavy quotations. Um, it was it was definitely an empowering moment for me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and and especially to have it be with a character who, um, you know, Erica Kane. I think even people that don't watch soaps know who Erica Kane is. Um, I mean, because of course they also know because of the Susan Lucci curse, where she was nominated for all those Emmys, and you know she finally did break the curse, but she would never win, and. Uh, people would compare other actors to this is the Susan Lucci of the Oscars or this is the <laughs> Susan Lucci of, you know, the nighttime or, you know, regular Emmys or something like that, you know. So she's well known. I think there are characters on soaps that people that don't watch soaps know of. And I think she's definitely one of them. So um, even though that, that this was also before I was born, but even though um, I didn't see it and even though maybe she wasn't as powerful as she was later on. Um, I think it's pretty incredible to give that to a character that is one of the main staples of the show, instead of just like having it be like a one-time character or a character that one of the main characters helps kind of thing. Cause you'll see that happen sometimes. So it doesn't maybe quote unquote taint that character um, or it doesn't push the envelope too far. Um, I think sometimes you will see shows kind of hesitate to do that because they don't want to turn the viewers off or whatever. So I think that that is another reason it was pretty groundbreaking. And you didn't really, I mean, you didn't talk about that stuff. It's still, I think, in a way, thought of as kind of groundbreaking to show it even in this day and age to talk about that, to talk about abortion and to talk about reproductive rights and all that kind of stuff, even now. So the fact that in 1971 they were doing that is pretty remarkable. And, I mean, of course, they would 
and I didn't watch these storylines either, but they would also talk about, of course, the Vietnam War and other storylines like that. Um, and what I want to talk about um, now with a little bit of, and we'll move to days um, in a little bit here, but what I want to move on to now is a little bit of representation um, because as you know, I mean, soaps do push the boundaries, but soaps are <laughs> predominantly filled with white people and predominantly white straight people and predominantly white, beautiful straight people, um, very skinny straight people. So it's very, you know, it's not as diverse. Some of those topics they may tackle are diverse, but it hasn't always been that diverse of a landscape. So I want to talk a little bit about the representation with all my children, and then we're going to move on to days of our lives and how they tackled certain issues, um, especially social issues, which I know they recently tackled one a few years ago, um, a big social issue. But so I want to talk about that. And, and how do you think soaps have fared as far as representation goes with all my children? Uh, honestly, with all my children, I felt like it was predominantly white um growing up like that was the one show I remember where I didn't see much representation and even then it's like everyone came from these very well off lives it seemed like and it was very like high fashion and appeal and just very non-realistic to the average everyday person uh personally for me with all my children but it was just so dramatic and it just had that appeal of being like oh, like, this crazy thing is happening. Like, is this, like, something that just happens to elite people? I don't know. It was utterly ridiculous. And I had a lot of these weird um, ideas growing up that, like, oh, like, maybe, like, me having too much money leads to this kind of craziness. Maybe I don't want that. And I don't know. I just, I never saw a whole lot. I think there was only one black character I saw. Um, and I think it was... Uh, I think it was the Michael B. Jordan character. Um, uh, Reggie Porter, I believe. But even then, it was just very... Um, it didn't have a lot of dimension for me. And it, it's something that I always did notice just because, like, half my family um, is mixed and uh, not... I'm not related to it, but I, it was married into, but... It's something I've been taught to be aware of, um, that they are Black, and those are things that I've always noticed in television shows now, and even growing up, um, and I, that was something with all my children I never really saw. They did a lot of other things with social issues, but I definitely felt like there was a lack of representation there. Yeah, yeah, and I think, and the interesting thing about the um, Michael B. Jordan character on All My Children, and I know you pointed this out when you did your research, was and we mentioned it once uh, when we were talking about um, Chadwick Boseman when he when he passed. Um, is he originally played that character on All My Children, and it was a gang member who got basically rescued by a white family, and so it was that whole white savior trope thing. And Chadwick Boseman, who nobody, I mean, he was not a name at all. So a lot of times people don't speak up in the industry if they aren't if they are no name actors. He spoke up and called out um, the issues with the character. Um, he was let go. Um, I thought he had left, but I guess maybe he was let go. Um, and then, of course, they brought on Michael B. Jordan. And Michael B. Jordan didn't know this until later because, of course, they 
appeared in Black yeah. Panther together. Um, and I guess they changed the character a little bit. Um, they actually did take some of the notes that Chadwick Boseman gave them and changed the character a little bit. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. But yeah, I mean, you know, days you can, they're, you know, even though they have a problem too with representation, <laughs> it's a little bit better. I mean, they have some characters that have been on there forever, like Abe, um, but it's still isn't as good but it's a little bit better than all my children but that still i think is a big thing there was actually an article um this year that came out about the lack of representation in soaps um and of course there's not there aren't very many soaps on right now anyway but it talks a lot about how there aren't too many people of color on soap operas and how white it is um so yeah, so I wanted to talk about that. I don't know as far as if it getting about it getting better since of course with the invention of with streaming and the fact that people don't record stuff anymore like they used to with when the VCR came around, I think you'd see people watching soaps more because they'd record them so you didn't have to be there during the day. But now people don't watch them as much, so that's why they've kind of gone bye-bye. So as far as like the future of representation, it's hard to say there will be a future representation if there aren't going to be any soaps mm-hmm. left after a while. Because I, I I predict within five years, I predict most of them will be gone, if not all of them will be gone. I mean, there's only like four around anyway right now. So, you know, so and there used to I be tons. Did, I did hear General Hospital was going to change its format to kind of match up with these streaming services. That was the only one oh, I saw was huh. trying to adapt to times. Because huh. um, Days of Our Lives are like, <laughs> we're tapping out. <laughs> like more or less, <laughs> they sign one more year and they're like, after this, we got to call it quits. Um, but yeah, General Hospital, like they're still going pretty strong. Like I was looking at all the stuff for it and even their social media presence is just so much better than a lot of these other soaps. And I'm like, wow, like their marketing team has done a great job with this. Cause <laughs> I even have some friends who I never thought would watch soaps and they're like, oh yeah, I love General Hospital. But I also think it's with the whole hospital side of uh television that everyone loves so i think it just fits in with that really well so i think they're just managing to try and blend into that a little bit more but i was surprised because i was looking to see if there was an end date for them and they're like nope we're just planning on adapting and it's like okay (laughs) yeah well and i haven't watched general hospital in oh my gosh i honestly don't remember the last time i watched it it was probably when i was in high school would be my guess or maybe right after high school so yeah general hospital which was the one like i said the first one i watched and it had been my favorite for forever uh was the first one i stopped watching which is interesting (laughs) like stopped watching and never picked up again um so yeah yeah i don't know if i'll I don't know. I mean, I think I tried to watch it a few years ago and because it had been, like I said, you can usually pick these things up, but it had been decades and I was like, I don't even know who, I think there were maybe a couple characters on there that I knew. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, there wasn't too, too much. Um, but yeah, I, well, I general do... hospital split off with a different show. I can't yeah. remember off mm-hmm. the top of my head right now, but I think that's where a lot of those characters went. So a lot of people actually jumped ship from General Hospital for a while, which was interesting. And I was like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember which show because I know um, some of these shows combine together. Like I know um, all my children and um, General Hospital. I think sometimes they'd have characters crossing over. Crossover, I think they did that with yeah. One Life to Live as well. Um, I think it was One Life. Uh, well, no, because One Life to Live came out before. Um, no, it was a different one. I don't. It wasn't bold and beautiful. I couldn't remember. Um, I can't remember now. I know I saw it in my research, but <laughs> there's just so well, much going on there. And yeah. I- <laughs> well, and I never watched Bold and the Beautiful, and I never, and I, I was, I had this weird thing where I hated Young and the Restless, and I hated Young and the Restless because oh, oh my. it used to dominate oh gosh, yeah, no, I was and- looking at a lot of the newer ones. <laughs> it did. It did for the longest time. I saw that too. And even with the spoilers for that one, it was just, I don't know. There was just something off about Young and Restless for me that I just never could get interested <laughs> in it ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never got into that one. Um, but I thought Bold and the Beautiful was actually kind of a spinoff of uh, Young and the Restless or kind of came off of Young and the Restless. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I never watched any of the CBS. It gave me uh, 90210 uh, vibes or like One Tree Hill. <laughs> I, would just, I would just go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, we kind of got off the representation train there for a second, but, um, um but no, no, but it was, but it was, and, but that was a good, a good conversation. So I want to switch a little bit because I think they've actually done a better job with the LGBTQIA representation, just a tad, just a tad, yes. not the best, but a little bit better with this <laughs> than they have with people of color representation. So let's talk about this and all my children, because there are two, characters of course we'll want to talk about with that so um Megan what are your thoughts on those those characters I so I really loved Bianca Bianca was like a very life-changing person for me it's just something about her that I've always enjoyed um when I first watched the show I for the longest time that was my cousin Yevis because she looked a lot like her um so I was like (laughs) wait what and it was just one of those things where she just really pushed the envelope and she was very, she was shy at first, I feel like as a character, but as she grew into her character, she became more confident with who she was. She had a lot of like really big moments and I was like, wow, like I never thought like, I never thought about how hard it could be for someone in the LGBTQ community to come out until I watched that. And I was like, wow, like I can understand why they would have to keep coming out and like having to keep standing for what they believe in. I never understood that until I watched uh, I have to go through that a lot. And I just, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I feel like daytime soaps has a way of making you more empathetic. And I definitely felt that with Zoe as well. Um, Zoe Looper, yeah. I, I felt like Zoe had the hardest time on the show and it showed me how transgender people don't or well trans trans uh individuals don't necessarily feel like they fit in all the time and there's just a lot of this disassociation happening especially because they're leaving the gender that they were born with and becoming the gender that they are and i felt like zoe really did a good job in the monologues that would have uh talking about it and just going into detail Ellie um I definitely felt like Agnes and Nick put a lot of focus I know uh Agnes interviewed a lot of people who were trans for so I don't know how well like she necessarily 
represented it fully because there were just a couple of problematic things with it but honestly for a daytime soap writer to even just think of like tackling it like that is a big move and honestly it even just takes that bit one push to bring representation and I'm very proud of Agnes for even doing that because it is a very difficult subject to talk about. How about you, Erin? How did you feel about So with all my children, um, what I thought was interesting about having Bianca um, come out and be be a lesbian and be open about that is that, of course, she was the daughter of Erica Kane. So to have the character be um, the daughter of another beloved soap character I think was really really special um and I know it took a while for Erica to come to terms um with the fact that Bianca was a lesbian so I thought Mm -hmm. that was really interesting and I thought it was great that they had um Bianca have some loving relationships and they didn't just show her be like you know sexless um which I thought was really good and wonderful. Um, and as far as with, um, Zoe, the transgender character, um, you know, that, that was incredibly groundbreaking. I think they made a lot of missteps along the way. Of course they famously, and that character was played by a man. Um, Mm -hmm. and of course it was, the whole storyline was the character of Zarf was a rock star who, presented as male but was transitioning to female and then of course they had this whole storyline where there was a killer out there there was a serial killer around the same time and everybody accused um zoe of being the the um killer when it wasn't and so one thing i will say for the plus side is and we've mentioned this before is sadly usually um, transgender characters throughout history have been portrayed as evil and they've been murderers and stuff like that. So a lot of times it would have actually turned out that Zoe would have been the satin slayer, but it was really nice that she wasn't. Um, so I will give yes. that to the plus. And um, she, of course, famously fell in love with Bianca. Um, and then she ended up leaving and, and going to London to finish her transition, I believe. Um but but it was pretty pretty groundbreaking to to have both those characters in there. Um, but like I said, especially to have um, your lesbian character be a pretty prominent character within the storyline and to give her love interests. I mean that that's that's pretty great and wonderful. Um, and then of course on Days of Our Lives, um, the most well known storyline on there and. As far as when I was watching just a few months ago, they were still on there. <laughs> um, was um, Will, who mm-hmm. was Sammy's son. So that's it. And Sammy, I mean, everybody, I think, knows Sammy Brady. Everybody knows Allison Sweeney, who plays Sammy. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, um, little aside, her she, her twin brother is Eric, who was originally played by Jensen Ackles from Supernatural. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it is um but and Lucas is Will's father and so Will came out as as gay. He's he's a gay man who's also raising a daughter. So Will of course has a daughter um with Gabby, the character Gabby. Um and he's helping to raise his daughter 
with his husband, Sonny. And Days of Our Lives, I remember watching it, did feature um, a wedding with two, two male characters marrying on a daytime soap. Is pretty, I think that's pretty profound. They've had a lot of love scenes. They've had, I mean, and I don't know if that was the first openly um, gay, I should have, gay characters, um, male, as far as male on soaps. I should have researched that. I don't know. Did you come up with anything on that when you were researching? Um, In regards to men being gay, um, uh, that was the first one where they showed it predominantly as them consistently being gay. Um, there were a lot of instances in like um, uh, a bold and beautiful even, or as um, there's a couple like young and restless where they had them like experiment of gayness, but then it it, it went away. And I, I don't understand how that works. And I always found that problematic. Um, but I think days was predominantly the first one to be like oh yeah like this character is like gay and not just because of alcohol or whatever reason like Mm -hmm. this person is gay and um I just I know with their wedding like my grandmother still watches this pretty regularly like and so does my grandfather and they were like wow like we never thought we would see the day that we would see this just because it wasn't a thing at all and my grandma mm-hmm. watches all of them um, yeah like this is her thing and it, she was like so emotional when it happened to it was really cute to see mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, it, and then I was just reading that was the first um, Sunny and Will became the first gay couple on daytime to marry but i guess and i'd forgotten about this storyline there was actually another um gay character in 2001 and this is kind of a troubling um storyline but in 2001 on days there was a character harold wentworth who was the first openly gay character on the soap and he became entangled in one of jack's scams to win jennifer back by pretending yes. he was gay. So he was, and yeah, so that's kind of troubling. That's a trouble. That was the one. Yes, I couldn't remember. Yeah, because that's pretty troubling. And, um, you know, but I think they've gotten better. I mean, granted, they did kill off the character of Will for a while. But as we know on soaps, characters come back from the well, dead all the time. I was so upset about it. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. why, too, because everyone was so upset about that death. I was upset about it. I was like, why would you get rid of him? Like, he's such a great character. You have nothing else going on here. Like, come mm-hmm. on now. There's these older characters you could get rid of, but I'm not saying anything, but... <laughs> are getting rid of i guess like hope is leaving and all these um you know mainstays are leaving the show so well i feel like they definitely reached their character arc and i think that's <laughs> the fun about having a slow burn is that you get them for a while but then they're kind of where they just they need to leave <laughs> <laughs> it's like what else more do you have to offer me as a character and I think this is why we switch from soaps to series because you get new characters but you also see like as characters develop they either fall more into the shadow or you know they uh, are killed off or whatever it may be but I definitely think that's why soaps has ultimately kind of 
died out too is because they keep some of these older characters around and don't get me wrong I adore it and I think these people are spectacular for all the acting they've done all these years but there comes a time for a character too where it kind of has reached its point um and a lot of people are gonna judge me for this but I felt that way about uh Iron Man and Marvel and once that all happened um it felt like it finally had a proper close. And I feel like daytime soaps, if they moved more towards that, they would actually have been more uh, long lasting if they would have made those transitions a little bit sooner instead of focusing on the old all the time, uh, kind of moving more towards the new. I know uh, Days of Our Lives definitely made that switch. All of my children had a hard time doing it. But General Hospital was one of the ones I feel like most successfully has done that. Because as you said, like, if you watch the show now, it is completely different from what it was, like, a decade ago. Entirely in concept. Although, like, a decade ago, um, we were going through the supernatural phases, so. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is where Jensen Ackles decided, yes, I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and we're definitely going to talk about some of the craziest storylines because i want to spend the the next half of it just delving a little bit into like just having some fun and talking about some of our favorite characters and plot storylines and whatever um but i also wanted to point out with days of our lives they introduced other gay men into the storyline they introduced um the character of paul who um also this was some representation paul um was an Asian man. And I don't know if he's still on the show who was actually the son of John turned out to be the son mm-hmm. of John. Um, and Paul fell in love with Sonny. He had also had a brief relationship with Will. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I just, I, um, yeah, they, I guess Sonny and Paul almost got married after Will was murdered, but um, it was stopped when they revealed that Will was alive. Um, though of course Will had amnesia because you know <laughs> that's another popular yeah. story. <laughs> so. We all mentally die when they go through the amnesia phase. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that goes on forever, and then they rec- then they remember and all that all that jazz. So <laughs> yeah, so I, I want to tell you how many times Marlena has experienced that. Oh that's God. true. Well, and Marlena also. I mean, there was also the other character. It's not Marlena, but the other. What was the name of that character? And she was in jail, and then and she was like, she was in love with Roman and didn't like John. Oh, and I, that was the twin that? of Marlena, right? The um, oh, they God, looked alike. I, I don't think they were actually blood related. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I should have looked that storyline up, but <laughs> oh my God, yeah, she. It was something that that was a character choice and I was actually glad to see that actress be able to act as more than Marlena honestly I think she asked yeah she specifically asked to do something aside from Marlena because <laughs> yeah. Marlena is just very so soft-spoken and very <laughs> like uh the uh, uh the a model like ah uh, god there's a word for it uh therapist very like yeah. Mr. Rogers-esque I don't know how else to describe it. Um, <laughs> just very ethereal. She's just, she's a great actress. I do know that. The lady who plays Marlena, she is a great actress. So it was great that we got to actually see her do more in that storyline other than Marlena, which is a great character, but I'm glad I got to see more from that actress <laughs> overall. 
Well, she had. So what we'll do is we'll turn our attention just to some of our favorite storylines, as crazy as they may be, because um, Marlena had one of the craziest storylines that's ever been on a soap. Um, and that is when Marlena was possessed by the devil. <laughs> I don't know if you watched when that happened. Oh, I, I watched some of it because my grandmother had the old tapes. <laughs> I think this is where my my fascination with horror came from. <laughs> So I would get bored and I would be like, oh, what's this one? And I just kind of, and then I found that one and I was like, oh, <laughs> that was one of the most, and they got that, I feel like from Passions. Do you remember Passions? Where yes, I watched Passions. The, well, the no, but this storyline was before Passions though, because oh Passions gosh, just pushed the envelope on everything. Passions was just like, <laughs> we're just going to do whatever we want to do. Like they had like the... <laughs> The didn't they have like a I don't know they they had some <laughs> a mermaid I remember there was a mermaid in there that was like the one standout thing there was a ghost somehow there was a lot of things and it's funny that I talk about this like it's crazy now because I'm a huge supernatural fan but I walked into supernatural knowing what I was going to get mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like passions it was set up to be something normal and it just they're like you know what we don't need physics we don't need reality we're just gonna do this <laughs> um yeah the days of our lives definitely um or when she was uh hypnotized and she became the serial killer um, oh yeah that's right the one that yes. killed all the people that ended up they were all alive and on some island or something yeah it? <laughs> yes yes they were all alive actually and <laughs> And then I cried my eyes out because Jack died. <laughs> it was just a huge thing. <laughs> but that is an example of falling in love with your abuser because uh, she was in love with Stefano for so long and he messed with her so yep. hard for so long. And he had this huge infatuation with her and she finally got over him, but he just kept going at her. And it was like, can you not hurt this woman anymore? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because Marlena was his queen. He famously called her his queen. And there was a time, though, I remember, and I think this was the only time really that Marlena kind of, I think this was the time when Marlena sort of fell for him briefly. But there was the time with Stefano when he forgot who he was. Like, he got in some accident, Mm -hmm. and I think he was in a wheelchair for a while. And she was taking care of him, and he was like this totally different guy. Like, oh, so yeah. not him mm-hmm. in any yeah. regard. He wasn't and the he crazy was so Phoenix. different. Yep. That's when my grandma <laughs> liked him the least. <laughs> I think that's probably true of most people because he's like, he's that one of those characters that people love to hate. I mean, he's mm-hmm. one of the most famous villains um, ever. And of course, the Demiras, um, you know, of course, Sammy famously fell in love with EJ Demira, which mm-hmm. when we get in harmful tropes, we'll talk about how harmful that relationship was because he raped her. Trigger yeah. warning there. Sorry, I'll put trigger warnings at the beginning of the episode. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, Marlena had a lot of crazy storylines. And I'll be honest, though, I'm not a big Marlena fan. <laughs> I'm not either, honestly. I think she should. And have I don't died like John a large time ago. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired of John specifically because he always has like a vendetta against someone. Like that's always been his thing. That is his entire character arc. It's like let's be mad at Stefano Demero. He died. Okay, let's be mad at Tony Demero. He's dead too. Okay, let's go be mad now at 
this uh, at our best friend Steve because his son supposedly raped our granddaughter, although we don't know actually for sure if that was the case or what's going on here. And <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, there's so much constantly with him just hating on people, and I just I'm tired of it, honestly, John. And didn't they for one time period uh, say that John was a uh, half Samara? Was that a thing? Yes, I feel they like, did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I believe, and I don't know if that still stayed, but I believe they did. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I was never a fan of, of him, and I, and I have to say, a lot of that is because I don't, I can't stand watching Drake Hogerson. Sorry, yeah. I know a lot of people love him, <laughs> but I, I have real issues watching him. So yeah, so I was never a big. I'm glad that you weren't a fan either, because I was like, everybody loves Marlena and John, and I'm just like, oh, I don't God, care. I can't stand it. <laughs> And I've been, I've felt that way forever, forever. Um, but I want to talk. You're so, old even then. Yeah. So who are some of your favorite characters and even some of your favorite couples from either Days of Our Lives or All My Children? Oh, gosh. Um, so back in my youth when I liked toxicity. <laughs> <laughs> EJ was someone that was very appealing in, from Days of Our Lives, um, as well as Tony DeMera. Like, honestly, like, he was so charismatic, and he just had everything so well planned out. Everything was in a snap. When him and Kate got together, oh, that was absolute magic. Like, I was like, <laughs> wow, what an absolute villainous couple. I enjoy this. I need more of this. Um, as well as uh, Ralph, the doctor. Ralph, yeah, I like Oh, him. yeah. Uh, Kristen, I actually enjoy Kristen a lot. I don't know if you've watched. I loved one. Kristen. Oh my god, oh, I love. I love the original Kristen, her. but they but the recast is not that bad. But Eileen Davidson will always be Kristen to me. Like I loved the original yeah. Kristen. That was my oh, absolute. Yeah. Favorite. Um, you know who my favorite couple growing up was, and they did the dance to Evan uh, Garden song, um, Philip and Chloe. Oh, see, I was a Brady and Chloe person. There was that one famous Savage, uh, a famous Savage Garden song, and it was back when they were in high school dating. Or no, Brady and Chloe, that, that's who it was. I was like, eh, it doesn't look like it's Philip, but yes. But Chloe and Brady, that was like a big thing. I followed that one. I was like, Philip now is going on a weird milk thing. It was, it's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, from all my children, though, like Bianca was one of my favorites. Uh, I love Kendall Hart. I remember reading the book about like the perfume and all that that she came out with. So it's just an actual book. And children, there's just so many problems there <laughs> with JR and just, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, well, for me, um, for days, um, my all-time favorite characters were probably actually um, Patch and Kayla was my all-time favorite couple was Patch and Kayla or Steve and Kayla. Um, I love Patch. I know he he returned to the show um, and I just, I loved them together. They were just one of my all-time favorites. Um, I, I loved Jack and Jen off and on. Um, sometimes I think Jen can get a little bit annoying, but, oh. um, <laughs> I did like him. I, um, Nicole is an interesting character because Nicole on days, I kind of didn't like her and then I liked her and then I didn't like her and then I liked her, but I love her and Eric. 
Um, I absolutely mm-hmm. loved those two together. So I, I liked her with him. And I and I think she's a pretty good actress. Um, and like I said, Kristen. Kristen is one of my all-time favorite characters. I always rooted for her, even though she's completely evil, of course. And she's done some really horrendous things. I mean, um, she, you know, she drugged Eric and um, basically raped him. Um, and all these, hor- and other, of course, other horrible things and murder and all this stuff. But <laughs> she's still a baby. Like, she stole someone's, like, baby. Or I think it was Nick- Nicole's, right? Yeah, she stole the baby, had yes. it implanted in her. And it was just this, <laughs> like, what? She's done the craziest, <laughs> craziest stuff. Yeah. She, I mean, and Nicole did some horrible stuff, too, of course. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, she did, she did some crazy things. But I always really loved her. Um, and I loved, like I said, I loved Brady and Chloe. I didn't like Philip and Chloe, but I liked Brady and Chloe. Um, yeah, and Brady. I always thought that was going to be a big, you know, cause soaps are known for having super couples. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was going to be a super couple. But then when Brady came back and they had recast him, um, he was a drug addict and alcoholic and he wasn't with Chloe anymore. And then they turned Chloe into a totally different character yeah, um, she changed and completely. I don't care for her now, but back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, it was very, yeah, with her whole leukemia storyline. And yeah, I really, really liked her. Um, yeah, and and Sammy is a character that I've gone up and down with. Um, and what what I did like with Sammy is I always wanted her to be with Lucas. and I And I know they mm-hmm. were briefly... And I think the show really, really missed the mark there because that was who she belonged with. And I think Lucas was kind of became a wasted character because there was a lot there with him and they just kind of threw him away. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know what's so funny about all my children is I'm sitting here and I'm like, I cannot remember a lot of the characters that I loved on all my children. They're just totally I remember them. But they all up with each other they all did bad shit like there was nothing wholesome about it I think I remember days of our lives more because there was a little bit more of like those tender moments all my children didn't have so many tender moments they had a lot of sexy moments but it was not like I don't know I didn't like catch my romantic side I guess (laughs) yeah well but I will talk about um very briefly I know you didn't watch One Life to Live but I just want to mention because I mentioned this couple on our shipping episode I believe it was um so long time ago and this was probably what probably I would say this is actually probably my all-time favorite soap couple can't explain why but max and luna on one life to live and max was known as kind of a playboy um and luna was this very free-spirited um you know she read tarot cards and loved crystals and all this kind of stuff and they were friends for a long time and luna was madly in love with him and then they finally got together and the first time they had sex they caused a little bit of an earthquake. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and I just always thought Buffy, that was Buffy, so is funny. that you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe that's where Buffy drew that from. It was from back they probably got Buffy. it from there. <laughs> oh, but, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, we've you talked a little. <laughs> yes, it was 
hilarious because well, she refused to have sex with him for a long time because she was like, something bad is going to happen if we have sex. I don't remember why she thought that. And so he was a very, very hard. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. And so she was told her. Yep. And she was a he was a very, very sexual character. He was known for that. Like, you know, he just he was just that way. And he was frustrated, of course. Was he as sexy as EJ was when he wanted Sammy, but Sammy was not biting? (laughs) Um it was a little bit different though because Luda okay. was like a very uh a very good she was a good character she was a good girl she okay. was, I don't think she ever did anything really bad on the show at all um oh, that I can yeah. think of um and so anyway so they ended up trying to find each other in a cabin like she had finally been like okay and somehow there was a snowstorm and they got separated and they found each other and I still it's so funny because this was so long ago but I just closed my eyes and I could picture the moment they (laughs) saw each other when they finally saw each other after they had been she'd been trekking in the snow and it was this almost like this this you know the music and it swelled (laughs) and they were like oh we're finally together and then they had sex and the earth literally moved so it's (laughs) and find that on YouTube and send that clip to you because it's pretty incredible. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh my I, gosh. But of course, soaps, we've already talked a little bit about some of them with EJ and Sammy, but soaps have a tendency to have some pretty toxic storylines. And one of the biggest toxic storylines is um, falling in love with your abuser, with a rapist, um, of course, on days. They also have another one where Jack raped Kayla, and then Jack and Jen fell in love, of course. And Jack was mm-hmm. is, is the brother of Steve. Um, and so, but I think probably the most famous one of these is from General Hospital, where, of course, you had Luke and Laura, and Luke had raped Laura. And then they later fell in love, got married, and they're known as a super couple. Um, there was another one on One Life to Live that was like this too, um, this character Todd, who was an evil, evil character when I used to watch it. He was, he raped, um, I can't remember her name now, but he raped this other, other character on there. And I think actually he was involved in, I think it may have even been a gang rape if I'm remembering correctly, but he was the main guy and he was evil. And then they kind of redeemed him and he became part of this powerful couple so what are your thoughts on how they do this, how they redeem these murderers and these rapists and have them, you know, become the love interest? It makes me roll my eyes every time. <laughs> I've always felt that way, though, because they did that a lot, I feel like, in All My Children with quite a few of the characters. Like, there were definitely, like, um, I don't remember, I think Adam Chandler and like in his earlier days like he did a lot of problematic stuff mm-hmm. and now he's like the great wise old man and yada 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 and it's just like are you kidding me like that kind of behavior is not redeemable nor savable like 
listen, like I watched Dexter and even though throughout the whole thing, I would hope he'd come clean. I knew in my heart he wouldn't. Um, and that's kind of how I feel with some of these, these other characters that I come across, like, um, when Tony DeMera was good for a hot minute or, um, uh, who was that other one on Days of Our Lives? There was one other on there. Uh, Philip was very problematic because he did a yeah, lot of stuff was. like that where he raped and stuff. And now he's just seen as like the the playboy or whatever. But there was a while where he tried to redeem himself as the nice guy. And I was like, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> and... Every time, like, I see these characters, I think of the problems they bring, and I'm like, I don't think this is justifiable. Like, uh, Gabby uh, also did something similar where she was, like, murdering a bunch of people, went to jail, and, like, they make her out to be this great single mom, but at the same token, it's like, she still has these tendencies about her, and at least they talk about it but I have a problem with it because I think they do it because she's a woman I don't think they do it just because like it's a general across the notion thing that people who have these tendencies like we should be keeping an eye on them and be aware that you know these kind of behaviors don't just disappear Mm -hmm. um but like with her I think they've just always wanted her to be crazy just kind of like how they want Abby to always be crazy and I've always had a problem with that trope um, with women, especially after they do something that drastic that they become crazy. Um, meanwhile, the men, they come out smelling like roses and as if they're saviors or something. And uh, it's just, it's so unnecessary. I definitely feel like Days is the biggest culprit of that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Days, of course, now has a storyline where they had a serial killer. Uh, They have a serial killer on there, Ben Weston. I think that's his last name. And he was the one who actually murdered Will. And then Will actually wasn't murdered, of course. But Mm -hmm. he was a serial killer. He went away to a psychiatric facility, came back, and redeemed himself. He's in love with um, the daughter of Hope. And it's really troubling because a serial killer (laughs) – it, you cannot redeem a serial killer. You just can't. In real life, a serial killer is not going to suddenly change and become a good person. It just doesn't work that way. And so that, to me, is just as troubling as when they have you know rapists um, being redeemed and having those mm-hmm. them be the love interests. And even though I'm a fan of Jack and Jen, like I said... At the same time, I have to every once in a while go, wait a minute, Jack is a rapist, you know? Um, And so it's always, it's interesting to me, though, when Days sometimes will go back to that and remind the audience of who Jack is and what Jack did. Um, um, But it's still, it's still troubling that they kind of have this notion, they kind of get across this thing that's, that's a toxic thing anyway of saying that you as a woman you can change these toxic men you can make Mm -hmm. you can help redeem them and they'll be okay and they'll be better and your love will make them a better person when that's not the what we should be sending out there that's not the message we should be sending out there um and so that's always always bothered me even if i've shipped couples like that came that one of them was a bad person it's still a troubling thing. It's a troubling thing that, that soaps do and still do. 
to this day. That's my biggest problem, I think, with Kayla and Jennifer both, is that took on these men that are rather, um, they come from backgrounds that are not super bad. Although I will say, like Steve, like he, he didn't do as much bad, I feel like, as Jack did, but he's redeemed himself in a way where he recognizes the bad pretty regularly still and tries to own up to it. And I think that's more reflective of how it should be versus Jack, where he tries to pretend it never happens and is super charismatic and like all these other like kind of like I call them like jazzy characteristics where they're charismatic, where they're super happy and positive and things to make you forget that he did all these terrible things so it it definitely makes me believe he's more of like a sociopath and (laughs) Jen is just completely unaware that she's just been secretly in love with a sociopath and no you can't change them um so and that's my biggest problem with Jennifer Horton but it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) that's I, I never thought of that but that's true Jack just might be a sociopath. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I mean, Jack's got a lot of issues. He's he's kind of a he's kind of a jackass, excuse no pun intended. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I wanna wrap up here with just a couple of things. The first thing is people often and I've already said a couple actors that you know, I always talk I already talked about Drake Hogeston and how I don't think he's a good actor, but that's the big criticism of soaps, aside from the writing, is the acting. People always say the acting is very bad. Um, and what are your thoughts on the acting in soaps? Listen, as someone that's had to do improv before, and I don't consider myself a good actress, I think I'm amateur, but even in improv, and I think soaps allow actors to become great. Like, the reason I think Jensen Ackles was so good at being Dean Winchester is because he was Eric Brady, and he did such a stellar job as Eric Brady, having to do that daily and day in, day out, and just kind of having to practice, like, a lot of different emotions. So I admire soap stars so much because they have to go into it in that moment, that instant, because they don't have time. Like, they've got to record, and then they got to move on to the next episode. And there's no real free time for them. And even if there is, it's not that much time. And it's constantly changing. And there's some things where it works in that moment, but not the next moment. So then they have to rewrite everything. And they're really good at adapting. That is something I will say about these actors, is they're good at adapting, regardless of the cheesy lines, regardless of the fact that they can't remember everything. I can't say that I would do it any better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've always defended soap actors, always, because a lot of soap actors, because a lot of soaps, with the exception of like Days of Our Lives, and I think there might be a couple others, film primarily, or they would film primarily in New York. And so you'd have a lot of theater actors would do soaps because that's where they could make money, and you didn't make as much money doing theater, so they could make money on soaps. Um And so a lot of actors on there are actually really good actors. It's just a lot of the dialogue they're given isn't necessarily great. Um, And I mean, we both like soaps, but the dialogue is not always the greatest in the world. No. (laughs) Not very natural, always over the top. Um, But, you know, I've heard from a lot of people that, that started out on soaps 
that being on a soap, like you mentioned with Jensen Ackles, and um, is a really, really great way to learn how to be in front of a camera. And because being on camera as, as someone who used to act and um, is a lot different than being on stage because on this theater is an actor's medium. And like I've said, like film is a director's medium and stuff. And you can kind of say that sometimes for TV as well. Um, And you have to meet, you have to meet your, you have to um, make your mark. You know, there are actually marks on the floor where you have to get to that point because of the camera. It's a lot of doing the same shot over and over again. It's the same piece of dialogue over and over again from a different angle. Um, It's, you know, it's a lot of manipulation. Um, It's a lot of, with, with soaps, I think the reason soaps are criticized is in theater, you can go above and you can go really out there because you're on the stage in film and TV, you sh- you have to be a little bit more subtle because the camera picks everything up. And so with soaps, though, soaps go over the top. So you've got a little bit of that theatricality there. So when you have the camera, it captures it even more. So I think that's part of the other reason. But, but like I was saying, I think it just it teaches actors how to learn lines, learn dialogue really quickly because they have to learn it really quickly, um, how to make sure that they're on their mark. Um, you know, getting used to doing take after take after take, working really long hours, um, that kind of thing, adapting to change really quickly. So I do think it is an amazing learning platform for actors. So I will always, always defend soap actors, um, because I think it takes a lot of, um, a lot of commitment, um, and it shows a lot of work ethic to be on a soap, I think. Um, and like I said, a lot of these actors are theater actors. So, and I'm not saying all the actors are good. I'm just saying that I think they're better than people give them credit for. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, there have been a lot of celebrity alums from soap operas, not just Jensen Ackles. Um, there have been a lot, not just, and Michael B. Jordan, we mentioned Michael B. Jordan earlier, mm-hmm. um, but there have been other ones, um, like we said, Chadwick Boseman briefly, Robin Wright is a really famous one that I think people kind of forgot about that, but she was on the soap Santa Barbara and, um, Princess Bride was kind of her breakout and her break away from the soap world. Um, but even Brad Pitt started on a soap, um, Justin Hartley, of course, was on the show Passions. <laughs> I don't remember. If you remember yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, lots of yeah, people. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Sarah Michelle Geller, form famously um, used to play. Um, she played um, Kendall, um, who was also Erica's daughter, uh, famously for years. She actually won an Emmy for that. Um, yeah, she played Kendall Hart for years. And I guess she didn't, from what I've heard, she did not get along with Susan Lucci. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but. Um, they definitely had arguments, but from what I saw and what I researched, a lot of it was more because writers were kind of opposing them against each other. 
So they did a lot of acting towards each other. They don't actually have like a lot of huge issues with each other. It's just very minor stuff. It's nothing like detrimental though. And Sarah wanted to move on from soap. So that was also a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Julianne Moore, who of course is an Academy Award winner. I mean, you've got tons of people. Um, one that I always like to point out is Nathan Fillion. Um, I like to point that out because I remember when he was on One Life to Live, and I loved his loved him on One Life to Live. And then, of course, he he went on to become sort of a, his own little idol there with Firefly and other things. Um, Josh Duhamel played one of my favorite characters on All My Children, Leo. Um, yeah, yeah so <laughs> that one too. Are there any other ones you want to point out? Um, those are the big ones, but there was, um, uh, who was the man who played, uh, Mufasa? Um, oh, oh gosh. And he was in Coming to America as the, the king. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. Um, James uh, Earl Jones. James yes. Earl Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. He started his time with, uh, soap operas too. And I actually watched a few and even then he was good. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you had a lot. I mean, it, that's the thing is that, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, these, you know, these people. But a lot of these people went on to become Oscar winners and amazing actors. And, you know, so I just wanted to point that out because, like I said, I will always defend actors on soaps because I really do think it takes a lot to be a soap actor. And I think they deserve a lot more credit than they get, even though the industry is kind of dying I still think they deserve a lot more credit. Okay. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I know, you know, we'll probably someday, maybe we'll just have to dive deep into just one soap. Maybe someday we'll just do a whole episode on days of our lives. Like when it ends or something, we'll do a celebration (laughs) and talk a little bit more in depth. Because there are definitely, I mean, there are definitely storylines we didn't even come close. We didn't even talk about Bo and Hope and all that stuff. So, but this has been a lot of fun. Thanks again, Megan, for doing research, um, reminding me of certain things that I had forgotten about, um, especially on all my children. So <laughs> thank you for that. Absolutely. So I, do, are you remaining incognito? I am remaining incognito. <laughs> I thrive well here. <laughs> okay. One day maybe she'll surprise us this is Erin you can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty the E and A and the B are capitalized be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod no it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod if you have any feedback any soaps you want to talk about any crazy storylines feel free to give to email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com also, please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That's how we get found in that big, wide world of podcasts. And next week, uh, Megan will be back for telenovelas. And this is something I have never watched one, so I'm trying to do research before we record it to at least watch some. I'm going on YouTube, other <laughs> places to see. But I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and we'll also be joined by Carla and Susie for that one. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.